I'm focused. This is what I'm thinking, right? Yeah. I'm too deep in my own head. I'm going, please, God, don't make me the guy who's walking out of the cinema scratching my head yeah. while everyone else is like, whoa! Yeah, yeah. It was so interesting and it was so obvious once it was explained. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, yeah. uh no. I, am I the only one who didn't get it? But as the film podcast person, like if I went to see it with anyone, someone's going to turn to me and be like, well, what? If they don't understand yeah. something, they're going to ask me. So I oh. need to know what's happening. Yeah, I need exactly. to understand it. <laughs> Welcome to episode 45 of Straight 45. to Series. And my name is Connor. I'm in. And uh, yeah, welcome. Welcome. Well, we've got a sweet episode. We coming. do indeed. We have, we're going to talk about The Mandalorian. Spoilers ahead, by we're, the way. Yeah, we're, we're giving you the, yeah, the warning. The, the warning. We're going to finally do our spoiler talk of The Mandalorian. It's been out so long. Yeah. If you haven't seen The Mandalorian, you're not a real person. Exactly. And you, for, don't, you don't deserve respect. And it's four months until the next one, next season two comes out in October. We hope, because we, we live hope. in Ireland. Fingers Disney. crossed. Come on, Disney. Don't screw us. Don't fuck us now that you have us you know yeah exactly you know? uh then we're going to talk about the snowpiercer tv show snowpiercer uh, series versus yeah, snowpiercer the, the, the movie. movie what we liked more is maybe it good is it bad does it hold up mm, does it we, hold its own we shall see and we may throw a bit of space force in there i forgot to write that down oh yeah we can just lob Wait, it in there lob it in lob it in lob it in feed it to the sharks it doesn't deserve a full no. i'm already spoiling yeah spoiling our opinions yeah. but let's space just force let's just say we did not finish the that, series that happened yeah that happened um and then some tenants the savior of movies tenet tenet not tenant tenet. Yeah. Tenet. The savior of cinema. A palindrome. Possibly. Possible savior of cinema. So, uh, yeah. We're just going to break down, yeah, the pressure that's on that mm-hmm. shoulder, and the, that film's shoulders. Yeah, and we're going to try and figure out what the plot of that movie is. Yeah. yeah. I watched the trailer again, and I'm like, I know less the I, second time I've, I watched it. I've watched both trailers, and my, my mind is just as boggled after both and then you know I watch a clip or two and I go oh is it is it and then there's another bit and I'm like like, I don't get it I don't I don't understand damn you Nolan damn you got me again and then we might just hit some movie news at the end we'll just do a few quick fire throw a few your way and uh, yeah how are you Ian you alright I'm good how are you yeah I'm not too bad how's quarantine going you know, it's, it's, it's lifting. Going. It's lifting slowly. It is, yes. Yeah, the Budweiser virus. Yes, Budweiser virus. Yeah. We can't be monetized or demonetized mm. by the internet Nazis. Yeah. So Budweiser. Now we find out that Nazis, you can't say. Damn well, it! Demonetized. Damn it. Ah, ah, Curse you, Nazis! <laughs> uh. Anyway, yeah. Um, yeah, no. I'm sorry it's, if we offended any Nazis there. Yeah, sorry. These for days you can't offend anyone. No, no. You can't offend can't anyone. Offend Nazis, I'm really yeah. sorry. Don't don't tune out. I there. remember you know those Wolfenstein games. You ever seen them? No. Uh, they're like big. They're like all they are is about killing Nazis basically. Yeah. And there was a whole big thing. And when the Nazi got punched in the face, do you remember that? And everyone was like, that dude got punched in the face. And then people were like, oh man, but just because he's a Nazi means you can't punch him in the face. You know, it's. It's, yeah, it's so weird. He punched a whole race in the face. <laughs> anyway, moving right along. Moving right along, yeah. Budweiser virus. Budweiser virus, yeah. So, um... Yeah, yeah. Well, we 
jump into the Mandalorian. Yeah. Yeah, let's jump into the Hey Mando. Hey Mando. Hey. That's Watto. That was good actually. Yeah, it yeah. was good, yeah, wasn't yeah. it? I was impressed myself. Oh, yeah, no more impressions for the entire episode. Yeah, you need to st- you need end on the high, end- start on the high and end on the high. I may call upon you to do your Stephen Hawking again at some stage because that was such a big hit. Was it a big hit? Yeah, it was a huge hit with me, yeah, basically. That's all that matters. I'm just going to get you to do it over and over again whenever we see the chance. No, we're going to jump straight in. We're going to jump to hyperspeed. And this is a Gina Carano appreciation episode. It certainly is. We've been appreciating her as we were watching, (laughs) as we were preparing for this episode. Uh, You were showing me the behind the scenes, like... Footage, footage of the Mandalorian. The Mandalorian, and then we got sidetracked by Gina Carano. It will blow your mind. Yeah, everyone should check out, like, the making... What's it called? It's like the making of, or it's the... It's the Disney Gallery. The Disney Gallery of the Mandalorian. I'll tell you exactly what it is. Yeah. It's Disney Plus not having any other original content, content. to put out. So they're like, our best show? Let's see if we can squeeze any, like, a little bit more content out of it. But it's actually great. It's- but at the same time, you're like... I also want more content, Disney+. Plus. Yeah. For a content squeeze, it's pretty high-value content. It is, it is. It's it's the making of. It's the yeah. behind-the-scenes. It's the DVD bonus footage. It like, is, you know, but it's broken up into, like, 40-minute chunks. Special features. Yeah, special features. Six episodes of, like, 40 minutes of behind-the-scenes that is just awesome. Yeah, it's, like, the directors, then mm-hmm. one episode is, like, the props. And yeah, we watched the technology one before this. It was so cool. It's it's stupidly good. We all recommend, or we all, the two of us recommend watching it. We all do. We all do. <laughs> all, all two of us recommend yeah. watching it and checking it out. So what did you think of The Mandalorian? Yes, yeah, we should do a spoiler review of the mm-hmm. whole season. Because did we review it? like episode by episode or did we review the whole thing we, we kind of did we kind of yeah. was like hey it's good mm-hmm. I don't think there were spoilers involved no you know so yeah I rewatched it just because we were you doing did, this episode yeah. and I loved mm. it I actually really enjoyed it again. you liked it more the second time as well I think I did yeah especially the Bryce Dallas Howard yeah that was episode. The, that was the one we kind of ragged on the first time I didn't enjoy it as much is I know is that the third episode fourth because the fourth, it, you know it? the first three is like the whole arc of finding the baby and everything and that was um, they were streamed together well yeah. they were screened together weren't yeah. they in the premiere the premiere of the, the first first two were screened together for sure two? and then uh yeah, but the first... Chapter 4, Sanctuary. Sanctuary, yeah. Where he has the weird love interest with the mom character or yeah, something. Yeah, it gets super idyllic. Even the music takes a few... There's like less testosterone yeah. in the music. Yeah. Where it's just a lute. Yeah. It's a, you know, but uh, I actually kind of enjoyed it the second... Really? I did enjoy it the second time. Oh, okay. Because at the first time... It's just because it's super idyllic and it's a tonal shift. A massive tonal shift where all of a yeah. sudden he's on this farm almost. He's in like a tent. Yeah. He's in, Well, he's in a shed, in a little shack with this uh, woman who's very nice. Yeah, and it's kind of... I think it was weird the first time because the first three is all about like he's ready to commit this massive sin for this baby. Yes. And then immediately afterwards he's trying to get rid of it on some sanctuary place I know and it's so lovely everything's great yeah and you know I know he's like an anti-hero yeah and I'm like he's a good guy though he's a good guy save the baby he's a good guy but at the same time I'm like I want to see him go to pound town on this lady (laughs) you know and then leave her and then but then I'm like no but he's a good guy he wouldn't do that yeah but at the same time like I kind of want to see it though but then like that Yoda turn around <laughs> but at the same time they introduced his love interest they also give you Gina Carano as Cara Dune as this badass shock trooper lady and you're like now there's 
some pound town I actually want to see. Let me lick your biceps. Okay. Let me lick those what, biceps. What is with licking in you? Is you I don't know, the licking. I, I, I want to do muscle ups on her arms as she flexes <laughs> and I just go up on them. Yeah. And back and down. Go back down. And I'm like, are you okay? And she's like, are you okay, boy? She, she, was, she wasn't even paying attention. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm breaking a sweat and she's just like, you finished? You finished, Jeff? You finished? Yeah. How many? some of my testosterone? <laughs> yeah. Um, that lady just does it for me. Yeah. She's awesome. And she's great in The Mandalorian. She's so great. Yeah, she's so good. They don't even give her much to do. She's like, you're a shock trooper. You're basically a rebel badass. Do whatever you want. I know I'm like so objectifying her, but at the same time, like her physical prowess yeah. is so good. Yeah. But she's that machine gun. It looks great. It's like, oh my yeah. God, imagine I was her. No, I was <laughs> imagine the Imagine you were the gun I, and I was she was the gun holding she, you like she's this. She's holding me by my, my, uh, my trousers, like yeah. my belt. Yeah. She's going to use you like a battering ram. scruff. Yeah. She's just like... <laughs> yeah. Not that there's much scruff left, by the way, with your nice new haircut. Should call attention to it. It was about goddamn time yeah. that I did that. Yeah, we were... I, I got that homeless look about me. Mm. It's bad when people go... <laughs> Whoa! Where'd what your hair go? shocked. Yeah. It's like when Mando takes off his helmet in the last episode. It's like, oh, wow. It was Pedro Pascal under there. <laughs> All the time. All the right? time. Right? Nah, if you watch the behind the scenes, there's like footage of just some dude standing there and he's got like the, the <laughs> yeah. stupid face mask on and everything doesn't look half as handsome by the way you know what i found it this is kind of a sidetrack kind of related but um uh you know in rick and morty right and they have the mad max episode yes and the guy takes off his helmet and he has the mustache and everything that's based on the original look of the guy playing boba fett Google Boba Fett maskless, right? And it's just a guy with a mustache and glasses, and he looks like the least badass guy ever. Boba, F yeah, Boba Fett actor. Um, see if you can get. There's like behind the scenes image, and he has the entire like, like the outfit on. He has the outfit on and everything, but he just <laughs> he's just like. Is this a yeah? There it is. Do you see him? Am I going to With the middle, the, the white guy? No, no, the one to the left. Is that James Cameron, by the way? <laughs> James Cameron wishes. So I'm going to the left. The, With the hand up? Yeah, with the hand up. Look at oh, him. Oh, God. <laughs> That's Boba Fett. He's going to be in season two. <laughs> yeah, hey. Ah. We're getting there. Ah, come on. <laughs> My dad was Boba Fett. And, we, so, and he works in IT. It's so stupid looking. Like, that dude works in IT. That's the guy. You... That dude, right, is like, yeah. you know, you're working like a paper company. I'm yeah. just thinking of uh, Thunder Mifflin. Oh, yeah. And that guy is at the water cooler and he's like, you know, I played Boba Fett. All right, Steve, go back to work. Yeah. <laughs> Fix my computer for goddamn. Fix God my damn. computer for fuck's sake. You've been doing There's working a virus there. on it. Yeah. There's no way you would believe that guy. No, no way. You push him over and he just falls <laughs> on the ground immediately. No, I was Boba Fett. He's the one you believe like gets killed in the last one because Han Solo accidentally knocks his jetpack whoa and whoa. he goes into the Sarlacc pit and you're like what was that guy's name I, I Bubba, did he have a Bubba Fup Bubba Bubba Fup Bubba Fup Bubba Fup yeah Bubbly Fup that's what he looks he's got the fupa and everything it's oh the, my god yeah. so anyway in Rick and Morty when they do the thing with the he's guy, got no neck he's just gonna he's got, just, the, he's got the George Lucas George Lucas fupa before George Lucas is it, it his like nephew or some he shit like that be. but uh, yeah that, so in uh, Rick and Morty when the guy takes off his helmet and Summer's like I didn't expect you to have a mustache you know <laughs> yeah. that's that's what they're making fun of there oh that's great yeah oh that kind of ruined everything doesn't it that's like imagine Robocop look like that you know I know I? yeah 
instead but, of Peter Weller. But I mean, there was so much of that that, that was kind of similar. Like you hear Darth Vader, you hear the guy giving the lines, you know, you're part of the Rebel Alliance. That broke Star Wars for me. When yeah. you showed me that, I was like, I can't unsee that. There's a lot of great funny Star Wars behind the scenes stuff. Like when Chewbacca, when you actually hear the dialogue, mm. it's just so strange to hear it. Oh man, Han, what are we going to do? Yeah, we got to go there, Han. Yeah. And then... It, yeah. uh, so strange. Ah, oh, that ruined it for me. Yeah. Make me coffee. Like, look at that dude. <laughs> this is great. I'm glad you've never seen this before. I only thought of doing this right now. Good old Boba. Boba yeah. Fett, the greatest bounty hunter in the galaxy. And he is making a return. He is. To, he is allegedly... So that beast had... Sarlacc. Must, must not have chewed him. Well, the Sarlacc digests well, you over a thousand years, which is what Jabba says to them. So he, Boba has a thousand years to get out of there, basically. <laughs> but that, guy has n- that guy's got five years left in him right that, there. That guy's the Jerry of the Mandalorian universe, <laughs> if you want a Rick and Morty. He'll bait at you into yeah, doing something. Yeah. You're like, okay, He baited Jesus. the Sarlacc into letting him go, yeah. please, please. Just to shut up his whining. like Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, Boba Fett is allegedly coming back uh, in the next season because Tamoy Morrison, I believe that's the actor's name, he's the guy who does Django Fett, and Boba is a clone of Django in the prequels, Fett in right? the prequels. Yeah, Boba is a clone of Django Fett. There he is, there, right? That's yes, really that's him. So therefore, he is now cast in the Mandalorian season two. So that's he, excellent, by the way. That is pretty cool. Yeah, and so he's cast. He's coming back. He's coming back. That's super cool. Yeah, there's a lot of cool people involved in season two. There is, um, but it, in fairness, now to, he's also he's not just playing one character. So people think he's going to come back as Captain Rex, who is a famous Dave Cologne, Dave Filoni character from the Clone Wars. He's still alive by the end of Return of the Jedi. So people think he's going to be playing him as well. And they also think he's going to be playing him because Ahsoka Tano is coming into it, who works with Rex. Rio Dawson. Yeah, who's a great choice to if play anybody her, by the wondered way. who has better knowledge of Star Wars, yeah. <laughs> maybe it's the guy who's been talking for 10 minutes. It's me! While I listen. But you have a Star Wars shirt on. I do have a Star yeah. Wars shirt on. Gotta get that out there. Ba-da-ba-boom. I have a Gorillaz t-shirt on, which is not Star Wars related, but, you know, still cool. Still very cool. Yeah. Still very cool. But, uh, yeah, so he's going to come back and pe- he said he's playing more than one character. So people think it's going to be Captain Rex and Boba Fett. Isn't it weird that all this information's coming out during the post-production of it? Yeah. You know, so it's like, oh, guess what? Mm. Timothy Oliphant has been cast in The Mandalorian. Well, it, it's already filmed. It's, it's already... eight episodes. Yeah. So isn't it so strange that he kept that a secret and... It worked. Like, they actually kept it a real secret. Yeah. Hey, guess what? Just like a Baby Yoda. Yeah. Just like Baby Yoda. They're just good at keeping secrets. How did they keep that secret? Yeah. How did they keep that secret? Everyone was cold after they made those episodes. John Favreau and Dave Filoni, the only living people after that. Yeah. They just took them to the airlock and just... Look at at the daisies down there and then shot them in the back (laughs) of the head. Back of the head. Um, humane way Michael Bean is playing a bounty hunter from the Mando's past apparently or Kyle Reese as some people might know or Hicks from Alien as other people might know or sci-fi hunk yeah sci-fi hunk every woman's sci-fi dream basically if you if a badass woman needs a love interest throw Michael Bean in there baby because he just looks at your photo and goes I love her I love her 
He has a, he talks he talks like a resistance fighter, you know. Also, his sperm is so goddamn good. Yeah, your resistance You're hero, resi- the, yeah. the hero of humanity, yeah. comes from that. You put him with a woman who's already a badass, and they just make just the greatest child ever. Apparently, I'm pretty sure it was The Rock. Yeah, yeah, pretty Are sure. They parents of The Rock, and he's also in The Rock. <laughs> Related. Oh my god, yeah. it's all connected. We both The rec- Beanverse. The Beanverse. We both recently watched The Rock, the movie. Man, that the movie. The Michael Bay. The Michael Bay uh, just orgasm fest, basically. Nicolas Cage. Be Nicolas Cage yeah. for two hours. Yeah, it's got a like Could you be a little bit less Nicolas Cage? I really, <gasps> No, I don't I, think so. Yeah, I, I think I need to be up here all the time. Yeah. Oh. I will not try <laughs> to an impression. <laughs> I love Sean the Connery. Beatles. Can you stop being an asshole for a second? Uh-uh. Why would I stop no, being I an asshole? <laughs> uh, he's like a deadbeat dad in that movie as well. It's such a weird plot line. Oh, he is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Slash uh, prison escapist, like a mastermind. It, that The Rock... On a quick sidetrack, The Rock is such a weird movie because it's got super serious villain plot. Like where and the villain Ed Harris is, is awesome. not phoning it in at no. all. And it's a Michael Bay movie, yeah. so you could. Every actor in that who is like is pumped up to eleven whenever yeah. they're talking to someone they're, else. They're doing serious work. Yeah, there is. There's some serious acting going <laughs> yeah, on is. there. Yeah, yeah. But uh it's typical Michael Bay where it's all about the military. It's just sucking the cock of the military. Oh, it's Everything. <laughs> Michael Bay's And it plays like a music video, like yeah. all of his movies. Yeah, it's like Michael Bay's answer is like, huh. I wonder what the military is doing right now, you yeah, know, yeah. in every single movie. <laughs> in the Transformers movie, there's a military plot line. Like, he's always like, I wonder what the military is up to right now. Could they be 3D? Could they be three-dimensional characters? Nah, nah who wants that? It's nah. cinema. The villains are going to be three-dimensional. It's not the theater. What are you, yeah. I'm not gay. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Michael. The villains are going to be the real you, three-dimensional you characters. Be- you, call you call me gay? You call me gay? You call me Michael Bay gay? Okay, picture this. Megan Fox. <laughs> Washing a car. Washing a car. <laughs> and I get to film it. And this, this, she's going to be sexually harassed by a camera. That's mm. Anyway, The Mandalorian, anyway, hey? The Mandalorian, back Gina to Gina Carana, hey? We went from reviewing The Mandalorian to what's coming in season two to The Rock. And now we're going back, back to, to The Mandalorian. Back to The Mandalorian. Yeah, but, I mean, we might as well round off who else is going to be in season two. So we mentioned Michael Bean is going to be a bounty hunter from the Mando's past. Timothy Oliphant probably playing some badass he could be the mandalorian he could be the mandalorian's twin brother maybe i wonder (laughs) if they're gonna do a thing where like he's almost like put pitted against him in some way i don't know what i want to see with timothy you know some people are saying he might be boba fett some people are saying that after the sarlacc boba fett got face changed and everything yeah yeah and timothy oliphant is going to be playing Well, there's no cooler human being in an entire human race so to, I mean to put, to put in a space western Timmy how's he not in it already he's mastered the normal western now he's gonna master the space, space western. western hell yeah, yeah. but uh, also um, actually people think Boba Fett was actually in the Mandalorian season one yeah but the the, the, the noise. sound of the walking so I believe it's episode five that the one that's set on Tatooine and there's that kid who's like the wannabe Han Solo he's even copying copying how Han Solo sits and they go after is it the gunslinger yeah the gunslinger is what yeah, it's called chapter and, five yeah you're right and they go after Michelle 
it's not no, Michelle Yeoh. It's, it's oh, you damn see, it. this, I know Ming Nay Wen. That's it. Ming Nay Wen. Yeah, yes. and she was a badass Jabba's Jabba's assassin. And if you don't know who we're talking about, she's also on Agents of Shield. Agents of Shield. She's the cavalry. I can't yeah, remember. the uh, cavalry. Yeah. What's her name in it? Uh, I can't remember. But I she's don't know. I, the cavalry. It, that show is yeah. just like water to me. But basically, no flavor. A mysterious figure approaches her body at the end, and the noise he makes is the yep. noise that Boba Fett's. Boots make boots when he walks, make. and everyone's like, oh, "Which sounds Fett. like Clint Eastwood walking into a bar." Basically, in an old western. People thought it might be Giancarlo Esposito's character of Moff Gideon, but I, but he, there was no link to that when he actually showed up in yeah, the season. Yeah, it, makes, it would make no sense. Also, she was an assassin for Jabba, which means that they could have history, Boba Fett and her. So I think it'd be cool if they do a misdirect and you expect it to be Tamoy Morrison and it's actually Timothy Oliphant under the helmet. I need to see Timothy Oliphant in this though. Yeah, you, know, you want to see his face. Like, you're you're taking uh, Pedro Pascal's amazing mustache yeah. from me. You don't take Timothy Oliphant from me too. You're telling me you don't want to hear Timothy Oliphant's voice come out I of a helmet at I, some stage? I do, I do. I'm a... Uh, yeah. I'm conflicted here. How good would it be if Boba Fett says nothing and you're expecting it to be Tamoy Morrison and all of a sudden the dulcet tones of Timothy Oliphant come out of that helmet, baby? Picture Gina Carano yeah. and Timothy Oliphant <sighs> just making babies. <laughs> just going at it. What a badass that would come out of that yeah. union. Oh, hell yeah. Oh my God. That's a Carl Reese and a Sarah Connor right there. Yeah. yeah that's the human embodiment of Carl Reese and Sarah Connor <laughs> in real life. <laughs> But, uh, in real life, you mean yeah. in a sci-fi yeah. TV series. In a sci-fi TV series, <laughs> But yeah. in real life. Because the, the Mandalorian's real. Mandalorian is real. Dave Filoni was directed the Gunslinger episode. Real in here. And he also... It is the way. Uh, he wrote it as he well. He wrote it, yeah. And he, he was kind of like um, the... Would you say the Kevin second Feige hand to, uh, to John, John Favreau? Favreau? I think the two of them are like double team and everything, where they're like... John Favreau's like, in, I think... Including Gina Carano. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm We're just sorry. trying to make everyone have sex with Gina, <laughs> Gina Carano. Is she going out with anyone? I'm surprised they didn't ask that earlier. Uh, we'll, we'll check it out. We'll figure later. it out later. Let's anyway, not go down. Let's not go too far down that because God yeah. knows we're, oh, we will find our way out. Yeah, God knows we've only just touched on how much we like Gina Carano. Oh, I, should, I forgot to hit the old timer. Oh, the timer. Because I was going to say it would be like an hour and a half going, okay, now we're finished with Gina Carano. Back yeah. to the Mandalorian. This is the Carano cast today. The Carano cast. Yeah. Oh my God. I imagine the title great. of this to be some variation on that. But uh, yeah, in episode five, someone approaches the body and people think it's Boba Fett and then... So Makes sense. There's talks of Timothy Oliphant being them, uh, but there's no confirmation. Tamoy Morrison is there. Yeah. He played Django Fett. It tracks that he would be playing either any clone from the Clone Wars in the future. He would get to play them. And also, he could play Boba Fett if they wanted as well. So, it'd be interesting. They could do something cool where, you know... Uh, he, if the Mandalorian meets Rex first yep. and then later he encounters Boba Fett and he recognizes the voice and he's like oh Rex and then that's how Boba Fett leads mm. him into a trap you know also the guy who played young Boba Fett I don't know the actor's name we might have to can you look it up there for just check just google young Boba Fett actor he's uh, he does all the voice work for Boba Fett in the Clone Wars as well he still voices that young actor the young actor he still plays Boba Fett whenever he's young so people are also saying maybe he could play him in the future okay and then it's so the Dave Filoni show isn't yeah, it season 2 such, seems like he's just yeah getting in there Daniel Logan that's him yeah he's oh he's 33 now yeah he's super old now I, there's him in the Boba Fett stuff super old 33 super old fucking... yeah sorry about that um 
Oh, there's him, Ray Park. He aged well. Yeah, he's a good-looking guy. But, yeah, but, actually uh, looked worse as a kid. <laughs> yeah, he does, actually. But in the Clone Wars, he d- still does the voice for uh, Boba Fett and everything. There's him in the outfit there. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Oh, he could totally pull that off he as could. well. And people are saying that since Boba Fett was raised as a son, even though he is a clone, maybe he could look different. Maybe, e- Even though yeah. George Lucas went back and made him sound like Tamoy Morrison, so... Oh, get your hands off get Star off, Wars, George. George. It's so funny watching the behind the scenes whenever they bring up George Lucas because Amy Hennig <laughs> is sitting there and she's like, gotta talk him up, gotta talk gotta him talk up, gotta him talk up. him yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so that's, is that everything we know about? Oh, Simon Pegg wants to play Dengar at some stage. Uh, you love this information. This is great. So, so like two or four times you said it to me. Dengar is like the biggest joke of all the bounty hunters. Like when you see them, like... He's in Empire Strikes Back when Vader assembles all the bounty hunters and then it's like, badass lizard man, Bosk. And then there's Boba Fett looking cool in his armor. Then there's the IG unit. And then there's Dengar. Do they have like two A's? It just sounds like it has two A's. No, it's a one A. It's a one A. He's just a man wrapped in bandages. (laughs) (laughs) He looks so lame. Well, but, hey, he was in The Force Awakens. Simon Pegg was, so like... Simon Pegg, yeah. Just throw him in there. Lob him in there. And Simon Pegg voices him in all the video games and in the Clone Wars cartoon. So, there's so, a real serious yeah. thread there. So, he wants to show up as Dengar in the TV series, which I think would be great. It'd be so fun. If it's just yeah. not addressed, it's just he's there and he's gone. Yeah. We should talk with the directors of season two. Yeah, we should. Because there's one big one that stands out. It's Carl Weathers. Carl Weathers, Carl baby. Carl Weathers directed an episode of season two. You put Carl Weathers, put the Mandalorian in, baby. You got a stew going. You got a stew going. You got a spicy stew with that. You got a spicy stew going. Peyton Reed, director yeah. from Ant-Man. From Ant-Man fame, he uh, directed an episode two. Robert Rodriguez, the guy who made us those excellent Spy Kids movies. Hell yeah, baby. Sorry. Uh, and those movies little... are actually excellent. How dare you? I love those movies. Okay. Well, uh, moving right along. <laughs> he, well, he made Sin City. Okay. He made Sin City. Yeah, that's true. Uh, John Favreau finally directed an episode. He's been like this bona fide showrunner writing mm. up the episodes and overseeing he's, them. He's stepping down. He's coming in. Yeah, he's directed he's, one. He's going to do his, put his hands at work. Yeah. Dave Filoni's got another episode as well so it's good stuff it's good, it's good stuff. stuff it's a good yeah. uh, good set of people there we should shout behind out, the cameras we should shout out all the directors for the first one as well so they were we had them all up there Deborah Cho Deborah Cho who Dave, was the yeah. one who shone the most I would say of yeah like, because I didn't know who she was yeah. and then I was like oh my god these episodes are great yeah she directed like a was lot she did, of, was it the third episode the third episode of the has the massive uh, shootout shootout yeah, the sin. Yeah, yeah. Deborah Cho, Bryce Dallas Howard, who's uh, Ron Howard's beautiful daughter. Beautiful daughter she, from she's, Jurassic Park Dra- fame. Yeah, Jurassic World fame. Jurassic World fame. If thank she you. still looked like this after being in Jurassic Park, that woman would be ageless. Mm-hmm. You know. And um, then there's Rick, Fami 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 Yeah, go on, go on. Get, fam- I don't know, Ricky Boy. Rick Famuaj, his name is going to come up on screen right now. Rick, yep. Rick that, okay? He also directed Dope. Yeah, yeah, that movie's meant to be really good. Yeah, watch this, really cool. He's a cool guy. Um, um, 
Then there's Dave Filoni directed one. And then Taika Waititi. Coming up the rear, baby. Hell yeah. Cool. Who directed the first episode as well? The first is... No, he didn't. I think it could be Dave Filoni. Was it Dave Filoni? It's Dave, Dave Filoni. Filoni. So Dave got two. Deborah Cho got, got two. two. Rick got, got two. two. And Taika did one. Did one. And, and Bryce, Bryce Dallas Howard. Did one as Bryce. well. Is it Bryce Dallas Howard? Or no, no, Bryce, whatever. It's, you know, dealer's choice. Yeah. yeah. Mrs. Howard. Mrs. Howard, yeah. yeah. Mrs. D. Howard. The redhead bombshell. Yeah, she really is. So, yeah, um, great directors. Great. Deborah Chow, I was like, who is this? Yeah, and I because all her episodes are so good. She got the... She did the episode seven, is it as well? Episode three and episode seven. The Reckoning. What Boom. A name. That's a good episode. That's a great episode. She re- directed two bangers. Two bangers of an episode. Probably my favorite of if I was going to pick like two episodes. Yeah. Of a director. Yeah. yeah. I think they're great. I yeah. really do. That's the last episode's really good though with yeah. Taika. Yeah, it's a such a it's such a like it's like the longest episode as well. But it's, it's like the 40 last episode. something minutes. Like Forty eight. It's I do enjoy how this has no restrictions. Yeah. Where we'll get to other shows like Space Force where I'm like that 21 minute sitcom kind of restriction is nice but yeah. when it comes to streaming they just like you you're know, telling me Space Force isn't two and a half hours long every episode because my god the first it one felt, felt like that, that way yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah no sorry I interrupted you some mm-hmm. of those restrictions are necessary in shows was yeah that? where with this it's kind of great that you kind of get one that's less than 30 minutes long and then you get ones that are over 40 minutes long even though I will say when we watch it if there's a short episode, we do complain. Where it's like, oh man, I, I want re- more. I wanted more, you know. That's exactly what you should be saying about every episode of Space Force. Exactly, but it's not. Um, yeah, and oh, uh, Bill Burr says he's coming back for season two. Yes, he was in a great episode six. I love that. That's the uh, the worst reviewed episode of the really? whole series. I love that episode. And I think why is because tonally is very different. Yeah. It's a heist episode. Yeah. And they really lean into the heist element. And I've yeah. even listened to John Favreau talk about it because Ricky Boy, and I'm sorry I can't pronounce your second name, yeah. but he also wrote on the episode mm-hmm. and they really embraced the whole idea of a heist episode. And, he, and then watching it back, uh, the music as well has this heist element to it. So they embraced every element of a heist movie and yeah. threw it in there. So tonally... It's quite different, but I really enjoyed that episode. That was one of my favorites. Yeah, I enjoyed it too. Now I'm a Bill Burr Me too. fan. I as think well. Bill Burr kills it in that episode. He does, and he's so Bill Burr as well. Yeah. It's it's interesting because it kind of blurs the lines where you're like, it's Bill Burr, but it's, it's Bill Burr in a sci-fi show and yeah. he's acting. And also, he's not a Star Wars fan as well, which makes me like it even more. But I do like how they were like, let's use his own personality in this. Because yeah. he's just, what's he doing? He's just giving the guy shit. He's giving Mando shit mm. the whole entire episode. He just won't lay off him. Yeah. He's like the high school bully to the whole episode. It's awesome. And uh, he for, he just has an endless supply of guns. And that automated gun yeah. on his back is so cool. Yeah, it's cool. It reminds me of Johnny Knoxville has the little head in, uh, 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 in uh, Men in Black 2. Yeah. I, for, I didn't realize it was Johnny Knoxville until like years. Oh, yeah. You know, like you see an actor. For example, you you watched uh, Demolition Man recently. You didn't Hell know who yeah. Dennis Leary was in it. Yeah. Until you came back. And then you watch it back and you're like, that's Dennis Leary. Yeah. Yeah, it's I, it. I it's remember, interesting, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, I remember watching Men in Black and I was like, oh, yeah, I like her sidekick guy. And then years later, now I go, oh, Johnny Knoxville. It was Johnny Knoxville. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it, I loved I loved everything about loved The Mandalorian. Everything. Oh, um, I have a story for you about Dave Filoni getting yeah, the job. Tell well, me about it. how he started with Star Wars, I just loved this story. And I was like, oh, if Connor doesn't know this, he'd appreciate it. Mm-hmm. So he was working on that 
show is it the last airbender for yeah. nickelodeon avatar the last airbender yeah avatar the last airbender so mm-hmm. he was working on that mostly animation like he wasn't really directing i think he did direct one or two episodes but either way he was so psyched he was a huge star wars fan obviously still is mm-hmm. and uh revenge of the sith was coming out and he just wouldn't shut up about it he was just like burning the airs off everyone really and he talks about the spongebob guys and he he says this as if it's like a normal thing the spongebob guys were hazing him Mm -hmm. because he just wouldn't shut up about star wars and they're like oh my god this guy and he said one day this woman rings him from lucas animation which because he's a huge star wars fan he knew it didn't exist. Yeah. And she's like, we want you to maybe work on this show. I want you to come in and bring your portfolio, all his art, because he was a great drawer and all like that. I want you to come in and meet with George Lucas. And he's like, did the Nick, did the SpongeBob guys put you up to this? <laughs> it's the SpongeBob guys. He's are fucking with me, yeah. with me, right? And she's like, no, no. And because he knew that Lucas animation didn't exist yet, because yeah. this was a new thing, that he nearly lost a job because he was being snarky with this woman on the phone thinking it was the Spongebob guys. <laughs> I just love that the Spongebob guys are the bullies. The jocks. Are the jocks of the Nickelodeon studio. But when you think about it, it makes sense. Spongebob is like it's, the biggest Nickelodeon show. Yeah, and they're just like coming yeah. in with their sports jackets on. Yeah, they've got the Letterman jackets on. <laughs> yeah, they're like Letterman, pushing yeah. stuff over and everything. <laughs> oh, drops up the nerd, slamming it out of someone's hand and everything. <laughs> Hitting his face off the locker. Yeah. And yeah, he nearly lost his job because he thought it was the Spongebob guys hazing him. And in the end, it wasn't and he met with George Lucas and got he, he's considered like to be George Lucas's protege like yeah. if you if you want lore stuff you go to Dave or you go to George basically but like Dave Filoni yeah he's a cool guy and a lot like of the, the passing of the torch basically yeah and a lot of like as long as he doesn't shit in the movies which he, if he doesn't shit in the movies he's allowed to do whatever he wants yeah. in the TV shows and I would argue that most of what he's made is like the real good Star Wars content that I thoroughly enjoy, you know? He even talks about having the meeting with George Lucas and afterwards saying, you know, in his head he was just saying, like, I, I didn't get the the job, but I have such a great story. Like, I met with George Lucas, you know? Yeah. He was that sort of fanboy that it's just beautiful to hear him talk about that and totally. then he gets the job and he's like, what? Yeah. It's... it's Get a picture of that guy without a Star Wars t-shirt on. It's yeah, difficult. It is difficult. You can get one just about without a cowboy hat on. Just about. Just about, yeah. But, but that was like pre-production meetings where you didn't know the camera yeah. was there. We thought... We were talking about this before and we think that's how him and Robert Rodriguez met. They shop in the same cowboy hat place. Definitely. Like, Are you the... You the... You the Sin City guy? Spy Kids guy. Oh, Spy Kids Spy guy. Kids Spy guy. Kids guy. And he was like, oh, you're the... You're the, what is it, the, the Clone Wars movie guy? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's yeah. like, oh, yeah, yeah. Super passive-aggressive. But so then it's passive-aggressive. like, do you want to direct The Mandalorian? He's he was like, yes, please, yes, please, yeah, yes, please. Become broskies. Yeah. I wonder what that episode is going to entail. A I'm really laser. looking forward to it. Dick, okay, oh shit yeah. yes are we gonna get a yes. twilight stripper scene played by salma hayek is machete gonna be in it oh, he's gotta yeah. be in the bar he's oh my gotta god be in it. yeah machete's got, got the dick laser we gotta find a way to get dick saber dick saber <laughs> that could be his character's name <laughs> what's his what's who's, who's the guy who plays him oh man danny trejo, trejo we gotta get yeah. danny trejo in a star wars movie yeah oh at home i can't he does not sound know, like bro. that. Yeah. He, he says the word Holmes, though. He, he does. does. <laughs> he says, oh, hey, Holmes. You know, Machete. There we go. Hey, Holmes. Machete is 
the same machete in Spy Kids is the same machete from the movies, which and makes totally exactly the same. Totally, the movies exactly the same. Think of you can watch it, one, watch the other. Out, so I'm going to show all my kids. Yeah, that's how we go, right? You go Spy Kids, and then you show them machete, and you're like, hey, remember that fun uncle in it? This is this is this is the other thing he's in. And also, Sylvester Stallone was in Spy Kids 3D. I just love that. George Clooney is in the first Spy Kids. There are so many <laughs> actors in Spy Kids. It's, uh, it's insane. But, uh, oh, yeah. I mean, The Mandalorian was great. We loved everything. It was I- so good. It was so good that the Golden Globes had to change yeah. the eligibility. You, had to, you were only telling me about this before we started. Because they were afraid it was so popular mm-hmm. that uh, Pedro Pascal would get nominated. And we know now that Pedro Pascal sadly wasn't always in the costume. Yeah, unfortunately. I, I mean, if I was Who's him... Who's the famous actor's grandson that was in it? Not James Dean. It's... Uh, oh, oh... I can't remember. Oh, famous old-time actor. Clint... No. Not Clint Eastwood. John He's Wayne. Not. No. John Wayne. It John is Wayne. John Wayne. Is it John Thank Wayne? You. Yeah, John Wayne's grandson played... Uh, the Mando. The Mandalorian mm. in a few different episodes. And famously, Bryce Hall- Dallas Howard never even worked with... Pedro, Pedro Pascal. Pascal, yeah, that was like, the story that came out. Anyway, no. which broke my heart mm. in pieces. I was yeah. like, "What? Why?" <laughs> I felt like the mustache energy was a bit off in yeah. that episode. Yeah, you thought. Now so. we know. Now we know why. Now it wasn't really our cool space cowboy. Look at yeah. that. Look, hang on, scroll. Yes. Just if you scroll down, season two, Michael Bean as a bounty hunter. That's well, all. That's well, all you need to know. Tamoy Morrison as oh, Tamoy Morrison as Boba Fett. Notorious bounty hunter. Now, this is going off Wikipedia as well. Mm, so, like, I mean, you could have wrote this yesterday. Yeah, that's true. I could have died. Katie Sackoff. Forgot to say, Katie Sackoff is Bo-Katan Kryze. She She is also a character in Clone Wars and Rebels. She's a Mandalorian leader. And I think she's related to the former Mandalorian royalty in it, I think. Oh, okay. I think. See, this is this is actually Wikipedia. So, I could go in and edit Timothy Oliphant yeah. to have... Uh, what was this? Timothy Oliphant as Cobb Vant, a former slave who acquired Boba Fett's Mandalorian armor. So we are going to hear Timothy Oliphant's voice coming through. Whoa. Oh, man. The sexual energy in that room. The character was previously featured in Star Wars Aftermath trilogy of novels. Interesting. Interesting. Mm. Mm. Tickle your fancy? That tickles my fancy. (laughs) That tickles my... Apparently in those... My fancy is so tickled right now. It's so tickled. (laughs) Apparently those... uh, That book... I think the scene is that uh, some guy came across a dead sarlacc and the armor was scattered all around it, basically. So that's pretty cool. Cobb Van. If Timothy Oliphant is in the same room with Pedro Pascal and Gina Carano... Yeah. Holy shit. The the sexual tension... The badass energy. You could build a building with that structural integrity. And I love that... I just... Oh, that's cool. Wow, I didn't even know that. I wonder is Tamoy Morrison... Tamoyra... Tamoyra... Tamoy... I don't know. Tomorrow... Morrison. Tomorrow never dies. <laughs> um, Tomorrow never dies. Tomorrow never dies. Yeah, clearly, actually, <laughs> if he is Boba Fett, he never dies. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's interesting. I wonder if, how accurate Wikipedia would be about this. Probably not very accurate, but yeah. we'll see. Um, uh, yeah, and what I was trying to say is that the Golden Globes had to change. They were so afraid yeah. that he, it, it'd be, it was so popular, they were afraid that Pedro Pascal would get nominated for Best Actor mm. in a TV series. And he's barely in it. And he's barely in it, and it's just voice alone. So now a voice role cannot be nominated yeah. 
in a category. If I was Pedro Pascal, though, I would be in that armor as much as possible. Like whatever my schedule is. But see, you always like you always uh, put your own fandom onto these actors. That's true. You know when you see an actor and they're doing an interview and they really don't care that much. I even get it with Robert Pattinson a bit with Batman, where I'm like, he's. I know he cares, but not as much as what like nerds and geeks and certain actors as well like look at Henry Cavill yeah in The Witcher yeah he loves it he embraces every moment of mm-hmm. it that's literally a fan playing that character totally that's usually not how it goes no and especially with comic book characters people get so pissed off when someone's like yeah I'm playing Batman whatever yeah, yeah whatever it's just another role yeah like, no, it's no, not. It's not not it's, to me. Not man. to me. Yeah. Wrestling's real. Yeah. <laughs> Always comes back to wrestling. Wrestling being real. Wrestling. Much like the Mandalorian, wrestling is real and non-fictional. And I implore people to watch it behind the scenes. It yeah. blew my mind. I'm going to watch it now. The volume is the name of the soundstage that they mm. specifically created for this TV what's, series. What's the thing that uh, uh, John Favreau keeps talking about? The really important part. Interactive like, light. Interactive light. Which I didn't write down. I'm so glad I remembered because yeah. he explains that that's why CGI usually doesn't work. Yeah. It's interactive light with a CGI character. Wait till you see the shadows. Yeah, it's so cool. The soundstage. It's it's just that it's called the volume. Straight away, I'm like, that's that's cool as fuck. Like, yeah. that's so cool. The outside of it looks like the suit from The Invisible Man. It does. And it's kind of using the same concept yeah. of, like, hundreds... Oh, it's actually thousands of LED screens. Yeah. It's so to, cool. And they create a digital environment. And it's all from real environments, by the way. Yeah. So they, they actually had uh, location scouts going out to, like, deserts and all, taking tons of pictures. They use the Unreal 4 engine from yes. uh, video that most video games use, so you know? So it's gaming technology. Yeah. They create this uh, virtual set, and then they just put it onto the screens, and then you're in it. And it's it's so strange, and it will fuck with your equilibrium. Yeah. I almost, almost get seasickness watching it. I can only imagine what the actors mm. are like. When because it's all, it's all dictated by the camera. Yeah. When you see it, it's tough to tell like parallax that's, that's yeah. what describes it where the camera follows follows uh, your, the, the, your perspective is from the camera yeah everything moves with the perspective of the camera as opposed to the perspective of the individual actors I always think of it as in technically this camera could look around the corner mm-hmm. of this digital environment but the actor doesn't mean the actor can see around that corner technically yeah. you know like if the character doesn't move but the camera does the background moves with the, in relation to the camera which looks Fucking weird from mm. behind the scenes footage. Mm-hmm. It really does. I can uh, only imagine how your logic and your equilibrium must fight at first. You know, like that. Isn't that what seasickness that, yeah, technically is? Yeah, totally. Where your your mind can't really make up what's going on. Yeah, and the and bat, so fights with itself. Yeah, and it leads to basically just Pedro Pascal just getting sick in that helmet. <laughs> the one time he's on set, that's why he's yeah. never on again. Yeah, yeah, he's like, I can't do it, guys. Can't, I can't do, do it, guys. It. My equilibrium's fucked. Um. He puked all over that helmet. Yeah, he did. We but all did. people should check out that footage. It's so cool. I love the idea of them using gaming technology. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's, it's really cool. And they can just load up then the, the set. Like, you've just got a portable set. Well, it's not portable, actually. But it's just, like, instant set. Hey, could you load up uh, the Mandalorian spaceship, the Ravencrest? Yeah, no problem, bro. I'll just load that up there. So Dave Filoni, who's an executive producer, and kind of, like, 
I feel like he's a mini showrunner. You know, he's like the Kevin Feige. Yeah, but John Favreau is the showrunner. Yeah, and Sean uh, John Favreau is the Kevin Feige. Of this. Yeah, like he created it. Mm-hmm. You know, and he developed it. But then he got Dave Filoni in because, of course, you get Dave Filoni. You got in. Dave Filoni in for a Star Wars thing. Of course, you do. So Dave Filoni was like picking up the slack. If they needed a second unit director just to like do little small pickup shots, he's like, "Hey, load this background." Yeah. As long as we don't need the floor because the floor is real. Mm-hmm. You know, they put in fake sand and stuff like that. And he's like, "Yeah, episode three needs a pickup shot or just load this up boom we'll get rid of John Wayne's uh, grandson get him in the outfit let's go let's do this thing it's gonna change the world of television surely it has to change the world of sci-fi television at least it makes everything so accessible and they're saying it's not as expensive as it used to be to make a soundstage like this because the LED screens are not as expensive anymore they're also happy about how they've done it but then John Favreau's always like everyone's gonna start doing it this way now you know, He's, when I see, when when I watched the behind the scenes episode that's mm. on Disney Plus, I went, an alien television show mm. is so doable then. Yeah. It's so doable. With this. I know, like, I'm sure there's loads of people like, no, don't fuck with alien. But hey, really, Scott has really already Scott, fuck. raped that Real. franchise. <laughs> Strong terminology, Ian, but I agree. <laughs> he so really has. I didn't has. need to use really Scott's name. <laughs> I, I know take it in vain. Yeah, yeah. yeah this eighty-year-old just keeps coming back and pounding the corpse of Alien, basically. And he, well, hey, George Lucas has done the same thing. I mean, yeah, he, done he did the same thing, kind of. Hands uh, but that's off just my Disney. Star Wars. Hands off my Star Wars. But uh, yeah, um, so that's our Mandalorian spewing of everything we love about this. Is there anything else we need to say? Just that the music is too good. Mm. It's Ludwig. Ludwig Garrison. Yeah. I just listened to it. It's on my workout playlist, The Mandalorian. Theme. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, you want it? Do you know what else he has worked on? There's something that will blow your mind. Blow my mind. And it's it's actual, like, popular music. Okay. He is the main collaborator for Childish Gambino. No. It's him and, Don, and uh, Donald Glover. Oh Found this out today. Holy and my shit. boner shot through the roof. I was like... He's so cool. He's so goddamn cool. He's the main collaborator. He's like the co-writer and main producer of all the albums. Do you think John Favreau met him when they were doing Lion King together? And he was, it's all connected. It's all connected. It's all baby. connected. It's all connected. How cool is that composer? He also did Black Panther, and ah. it's one of the coolest MCU yeah. compositions. That is. That's a cool album. Like, it, yeah. Yeah. That that soundtrack or soundtrack. Yeah. Score. Yeah. The soundtrack's score. usually just like the normal music in it mm-hmm. but either way what a guy once I seen that connection to Donald Glover I was like I, I he must I, be a cool guy how do I love this guy even more yeah put him with Donald Glover that's how you do I mean by the way Donald Glover's son is called Legend Glover that's one of his son's names what a high standard what a high standard set for a child well you, you know your dad's like an amazing uh, songwriter he happens to be great at stand up and yeah. he wrote, directed, and starred in his own show. Atlanta yeah. is one of the best television shows Ever. on earth. And also, he's a pretty good dramatic actor as well. Yeah, so he kind of has everything going for him. And your name is Legend. Legend, Glover, yeah. So you better not work at the dump. <laughs> like, you better not. But if that's your dream, you're going to be the best jump oh person God. ever. There's going to be a movie about you. Yeah, for sure. Oh, man. Anyway, uh, is there anything more? The Mandalorian, I mean, everything about it, like the props, the set, all the acting. Like, to be honest, we should be getting paid for this episode. We should. Buy Disney. Please, sponsor us, <laughs> yeah, please. Just... We'll, we beg you. Sponsor straight to series, Disney. Um, 
I'll be nice about the sequel trilogy if you sponsor like, us. What did you say about Gina Carano on that episode? <laughs> Nothing. Uh, that she's a lovely person. She's a wonderful with a great personality, human being. Which she does as well. She does. But I would, mean, I still want to lick her bicep. Yes, she, he does. And that can, you know, will happily stay that to anyone. He'll say it to her face. You know? I have no problem being the beta. Yeah, no problem. In that problem. relationship. No problem. No problem. Where's uh, your wife? Oh, she's just deadlifting. Deadlifting. She's just she fucking she deadlifts all the time. I'm just gonna stay in here. And I'm gonna watch some soap operas. Gina's heading out to. She's going to the gym. She's going to the gym again. She's going to the again. gym again. She's like, pounding some protein yeah, out of she it. Was there. She had to get up early this morning to go, and now she's going again. Just uh, to, Gina, can you move the fridge for me, please? Yeah, Gina. There's a mouse in the house. Can you come oh, in and get? It and for I'm just me? there on the table. Gina. <laughs> Gina. Gina. Oh, she can't man. hear me. She's deadlifting again. <laughs> She's a noisy deadlifter. Uh, you just <laughs> oh for sure, and you're like, you're I'm like, like oh hard as a rock, waiting for her to get back. <laughs> you're such the Jerry in that relationship. Oh, I'm so am. All right, um, yeah, we love the Mandalorian, and yeah, Disney sponsors. Disney sponsors, please give us your Disney books. We're your perfect PG content. We totally are. We could we we fit the brand perfectly. This should be on Disney Plus, this, and it got they need some content. Hell yeah, they do. Not that I'm speaking badly. No, God, Disney no. Plus. No, we'll be nice about you, Disney, if you just sponsor us. Yes. <laughs> the House of Mouse needs us. They need us. Yeah, they really do. And our beautifully eloquent PG content. Totally, yeah. yeah. We always get our points across in just like, just the best way possible. The best way possible. No stumbling, yeah. stuttering, yeah. or anything. Don't mention boner. No, no mention of it. Um, Let's move on. Or Gina Carano's <laughs> back sweat. No, we're back to Gina. <laughs> okay, <laughs> now let's move I'll on. Take a shot of that. <laughs> Oh, God, that's awful. <laughs> and yet I love it. All right, Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer, your favorite new television show. Oh, Please tell me more. So, yeah, so Snowpiercer, um, it's just not good. I, You managed to watch three episodes of it. I did watch three episodes, and I'm very proud of myself. You should be, because I watched one, and I hated it. I'm a badass motherfucker. Yeah. I watched three whole well, episodes. So badass. All those episodes. Yeah. All those. I'm a tough guy. I watched the first episode and it made me very angry because I really didn't like it and I really liked the f- original movie and then I went and I watched the original movie again yeah. and I remembered just how good that movie was and then I hated the first episode of the show even more. That's the problem. You're watching the whole episode and at the same time you want to address the Korean elephant in the room Yeah, that is the original Snowpiercer. Yeah. You, you just, you can't ignore it. You can't it's I- there looming. The quality. Oh, like I was saying to you, I think... The concept alone would make this an interesting TV show. Totally. Even if it was the exact same product, I think the concept alone of, like, we should just say, just in case anyone who hasn't seen the movie, is about global warming. Um, it's getting too hot, so the government and the scientists, they try to uh, what they try to cool down the earth. Yeah. Instead, they just freeze over an entire earth. And it's about, like, humanity's last people i guess and they're stuck as far on as this, they know yeah yeah stuck on the, yeah exactly that's mm. a season three <laughs> yeah you know and they're stuck on this train that's perpetually just doing this loop around the mm-hmm. world i don't know yeah where it is probably most likely america mm-hmm. there's loads of different nationalities on it yeah and they're like uh, humanity's last people and mm-hmm. they're just on this train and basically as the train was taking off there was a rebellion and people rushed the train and so now, it was obviously the super wealthy people yeah. were the ones who had tickets they for bought the their train. tickets they were honest and then 
a group of people rushed the train and got on and are now living in the trail section in poverty. So they're tailies, what they're There's called. 101 carriages. Yeah. Oh, sorry, no, 1,001 a thousand carriages. And one. So this is a mega, mega, this, this train's on steroids. By the way, it's longer than the train in the movie for some fucking reason as well. I don't remember them addressing how they many carriages. They never address how many carriages, but there's no way there's a thousand a carriages. A thousand and one. Yeah. I always remember that it's a thousand and one. Yeah. It's like, okay. Okay, all right, whatever. But uh, yeah, the, it stars Jennifer Connelly. How big is this train station? <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, ha- that, oh ha- that's the train station that's three kilometers How long. did they only make it on the end? There's a thousand yeah, and one carriages. Know. You know, how did they only make it on the tail section? Makes no sense. Everyone's just in the first ten carriages. Uh, Everyone. All just piled in there. And then Imagine they... you're running late and like it's the last door open is the yeah, last carriage. Like, oh, fuck. I have a ticket and everything. I got to like, live with the tailies. Yeah, Usain Bolt's the only person getting on. Yeah. Like, she'd have to just sprint for you it. used to live in the room full of strawberries that they talk about in the TV show. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the problem is that there's a movie and it's great. It's amazing. So this high concept TV show would be great. Well, not even great, but it would just be better. Interesting if yeah. that TV, if that movie didn't exist, because T- then you'd be like, "Oh, I want to see what's this all about? This global warming yeah. and this this huge." But it's supposed to be about uh, social social injustices. It's all about them. Um, what would you call it? Uh, Poverty and uh, class social rankings, class system. Like, yeah. class system. Cla- That's what it's I'm a saying. class war, basically. It really is. Yeah. Uh, Bong Ju Ho. Oh, yeah, Bong, Bong Ju Ho. Is has no involvement with the TV series. He did right. He just yeah, sort of Bong Joon Ho wrote and directed the movie. The movie, and he just let them use. And it's an adaptation of a short story, is it? I think so. Or, or, or it's maybe loosely like... an adaptation of something. I think. Yeah. But um, oh man, like the 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 movie is such... graphic novel. Graphic novel. Okay. Um, the movie is such a like. It does such a good job of establishing interesting characters and themes and, like, this crazy world of people who have been through a lot and done a lot of things that they are not proud of yes. but had to do to survive. Whereas the TV show just wants to be The Walking Dead where everyone is likable and, like, the main character is my biggest problem with it. He's played by David Diggs. He's, like, the coolest guy ever. <laughs> and David so Diggs is playing cool. him, like, the coolest guy. He may be the person that made the earth froze over. Yeah, or he's, freeze he's over so cool. Because he's so damn cool. He's, like, he's just, like, oh, every woman wants to... Have, every attractive woman wants to sleep with him. He's a really good father figure to this kid. He's living in pure poverty for how long? And he, For six years. For in, six years? For six years, right. For six Six, they, they've set this up that they are only six years into this train ride whereas in the movie 17 years which means you have characters in the movie who have never even known what the world was like yeah, before. you've got like people who are actually born on the train yeah. and also the problem is like the movie is so good that in my head I'm going man I'd love to investigate all these other things all these other carriages like and everything class systems are working yeah. because you have, you've got the tailies who are like mm. in immense poverty like and they're they're struggling to eat but then you go up and up and up, you know, until you get to the first class. And then, like, the whole thing is you uh, control the engine, control the world. Yeah. Or is it, like, control the engine, control the train? Yeah. Control the train. Control, control the world. Control the world. Because yeah. to them, this is the, the, the entire only world, world that exists right yeah. now. They're the only people that are living. And, uh, yeah, so, like, in the movie, it's all about just moving ahead and ahead. Carriage yeah. by carriage, you're getting a class system that's better than each other. Yeah. And you're getting more and more... Um, 
rich, yeah. I guess, you know? But, and, like, you know... But, you know, like, when you watch the movie, you go, oh, my God, I would love to know more about this carriage yeah. and that carriage. And you're like, well, the show's going to do that. And when it tries to do it, why is it not working yeah. for me? It's just, I just, they're just trying to be too cool. It's like, I, uh, it's, I don't even get it. has got Dre beats and he's supposed to be living in poverty. Yeah, he's like living in poverty and he's just great at whatever he does, basically. Where did all the money, like all the shit that's going down in the yeah. tail end, yeah. it must be going into him. Because yeah. he's got the he's got the dreaded hair. Yeah, looks great. He looks great. Guy's yeah. been conditioning it Effort, or whatever. It looks effortlessly good. Great skin. Great skin. Still probably working out. Like he has all a this- shower at one stage and no dirt or grime falls off him. He's just perfect. He's just like every the dental system down there must be fantastic. Yeah, like it's just uh, and. It's such a typical TV show, stupid TV show thing to do, where they're like, okay, we have this great movie premise that we're going to base it on. How do we extend it? We're going to make it a crime procedural where he's, you know, investigating a murder on the train. It's like, what? What? How you take? It's so stupid. But did you not think that it would be better if that movie was just, uh, the original movie was a murder mystery? No, I do not and think it's it would cool be better. a cool-ass cop? Look, listen, in the first... No, no. No, it no, wouldn't. It would. In the, no, I it wouldn't. I think it would. No, I... Murder I mystery i think you're wrong i think you're wrong i don't think it would and let me explain why everyone who's not on the tail end is a psychopath the teacher pulls out a gun and starts shooting people willy-nilly at one stage allison pill allison pill yeah she from looks good fame yeah she looks great in that movie by the way she does well she's super pregnant yeah and, oh, but i know you're super into oh yeah pregnant yeah, women so, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's been established but yeah yeah i'm super into pregnant women what's the past seven months man fucking gold. oh yeah that's golden, golden baby Woo. That's that baby month. You know what I'm saying? Oh um, no, but Alison Pill. Alison Pill, yeah. How good is she? Because she's so she's good. She's so composed. And she's like, okay, children, take out your workbook. She's so, such and like the brainwashed. Turn. She's just a brainwashed member of the society. And then it's a psychopath. And, and she's just serving up bullet sandwiches. That, and I just love the contrast. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like everyone above the tail section is like a psychopath for some reason. They've got like executioners who are gutting fish and like just want to murder people. And then cut to this show, and the people above it—they're just kind of snooty, rich people. Yeah. And it's a, and they're and like. And this should be interesting. This it should, should be interesting to see the side of the rich because yeah. we don't see that. No. In the movie. And she's and one of them's like, um, oh, the, the you need to get the Swedish people because the way they're spying, they're like drinking and singing songs and everything, and that's not what I go to the spa for and everything. It's like. Why are we... Is, is this meant to be interesting? Like, what... I Oh, oh, I get it. The different races and different cultures have different ideas of what a spa should be. But, like, this is such... Just a not interesting way. Even, even when they go into the... There's a section where, like, people just go to party and they all have multiple partners and everything. Yeah, yeah. And it's like... What what the fuck is this? This you know? is the groupie section yeah. of the train. Well, when you think about the movie, the movie is so actually simple. I know it's yeah. a high concept. Yeah. But when you think about it, it's just... All it is is one forward motion. Yeah. And it's just about one uprising. Like, yeah. That's the entire movie. Like, it pretty much starts with them going, right, is it today? Not the first uprising. Okay, okay. Yeah, I know, yeah. but they only talk about that. Yeah. But we, all we see is one uprising, and it's, it's spanned over two hours. Yeah. And it's great. And then you're going, right, this TV show is probably thinking, well, we need to do an uprising over five seasons? Yeah. Six seasons? So let's just murder mystery and murder I even mystery. love the idea of a murder on the train 
I do like. I know you don't. No, I but don't. I like the idea of. First of all, it's not in the tail end. Yeah. So it's not in the the impoverished section. Impoverished section of the train. Yeah. It's in like the. I don't know if it's super wealthy. It's kind of in the middle somewhere, like mm-hmm. working class, maybe just yeah. above working class. And I I like the idea of like, hey, there's a murderer in this cell, pretty much. You know that way, like, because it's a moving prison. Mm-hmm. But nar- I don't want that to be the driving force of the entire narrative but of the show. Yeah. You know what? I don't like it. I don't know how to approach a movie like that and turn, turning it into a good TV show. It's tricky. Hmm. It, it is tricky. It shouldn't be a TV show. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing, you know. So how do you draw out that whole, just, it's one uprising and make it into a TV oh. show. We got to investigate the characters. We got to yeah. see how this works and how that works. Yeah. Also, there's Chronal. They have in the TV in the in the movie that they don't address. They, no, it is it is actually it, is it in, further on, and they kind of talk about it a bit more of where it comes from. It's waste, isn't it? It's like no, uh, not oh. in the in the show. Oh. it's uh, I don't really want to say. Oh, it's a spoiler. In case someone is it? really likes to, to watch it. Well, but every twist in the show, I at least I saw coming. By it's the, not satisfying. No, as well, I've I every twist in even in the first episode, the big reveal <gasps> i saw coming like a mile away basically well I and s- makes no sense yeah i thought it was too obvious so yeah. i went is that the nah, yeah now nah, that's-, that's the first idea i put on the whiteboard yeah exactly that'd be the first idea it's like this person is whatever and it's like yeah. oh yeah that's that's exactly what i do and then it's just i just don't like it and there's no one using the translator things that's such a cool yeah, part of the mo- that's so clever such a cool part of the movie where it's like this delay in speaking and people are like no one wants that in a TV show that takes too much time it takes too much time everyone just speaks English that's you're trying to get five seasons out of this yeah. so uh, don't worry you've got loads of time and you know what when I was thinking about it at one stage there's an Asian woman who's like getting sushi to make for Wilfred in the first one and I'm like what, why didn't they just make her be learning English and then Jennifer Connelly's character has to go you know what look just use the thing use and the then she uses it for a bit and then that would be a nice moment also I love when they use something like that to put you into the future yeah so they're like oh yeah this is futuristic yeah you know what I, mean? I it, love when there's just little small things like that where you go oh this doesn't really exist so no. we're in the future we're in the because future because a train 1001 carriages long yeah. You know, doesn't exist either. So, okay, we're in the future now. By the way, there's no way that the Snowpiercer one from the movie is that long because you see that shootout scene, you know, when they're shooting each other from the glass. Such a cool scene, by the way. And you see how long it is. That is not yeah. 1,000 carriages That's long. That's a great scene. It is a great That's scene. That's a really good scene. And then, actually, even in the movie, though, I do think there's a problem where the guy that he's shooting at... Yeah. That the main character is shooting at uh, Chris Evans. Chris Evans is shooting at. He's shooting at this guy. Yeah. He gets way too. It's it's too fast, and he gets to Chris Evans. You know, yeah. it takes like a minute, and then he's there, and I'm like, okay, there was still a fair few characters. There was still carriages. a fair bit to go. Yeah. Did you just sprint from there? Yeah. Because you're not breathing heavily. Yeah, that's true. Well, I also think uh, what I find cool is you know the way we were saying that when Snowpiercer came out, Chris Evans had like loads of winter themed movies as well. Yeah. It was the Winter Soldier, Snowpiercer, and one more. We Winter were, Soldier, Snowpiercer. And there was another one and you and, remembered it. Oh, The Iceman. The Iceman, So it wasn't yeah. actually a winter-centric but it was movie, close. but it was about a, the gun, an assassin call. Yeah, The Iceman. A hitman called The Iceman, yeah. There was a gun. The gun that Chris Evans uses is the Scorpion, and that's the one that The Winter Soldier uses in Winter Soldier as well. It's all connected. Yeah, it's all connected. The Evansverse. Yeah, The Evansverse. But, and this was one of the first movies that he did off the back of the Captain, Captain America, America fame so this was when Chris Evans you know he had done all those mm. 
films where he hey he's the buff funny guy yeah. like Fantastic Four mm-hmm. he was in The Losers as well yeah. another exactly the same thing buff funny guy mm-hmm. kind of what Ryan Reynolds did for a long time as well yeah he was in uh, uh, Not Another Teen Movie oh, as well oh my god I try to forget that and then all of a sudden he's Captain America and he's getting scripts sent to him yeah and he got this movie that's so unlike anything he's ever done before yeah so I think everyone appreciates it including me he's still an action lead but man he's got some depth and he gets to flex those acting muscles baby really does and Jamie Bell Jamie Bell kills it he pops off the screen screen and he can do a good Irish accent he certainly can it's a shame when he dies in the movie almost as good as Tom Cruise by the way we're gonna spoil uh, the Snowpiercer, Snowpiercer the, movie. T- the movie not the TV show not it that came any out in 2013 it's 7 years yeah. ago so you if you watched haven't watched it. it it's your fault yeah when Jamie Bell dies in the movie it really is upsetting and it, the movie loses something it really does because yeah. he's the jester mm. even though he's still he's got a seriousness serious. to yeah. him he's, he is the jester and he's he, he's very humorous like yeah. he's really funny he and is. he's hitting them those beats right on like yeah. I'm like I love yeah. I love his character now, now you need him to die to get the emotional beats later he has to die yeah. so that you can learn why Chris Evans has such a strange relationship with and him and also what just destroys Chris Evans yeah. which gives his character even more of a force it where destroy- you're like Whoa, it destroys him someone's gotta pay for this yeah and Tilda Swinton does Yes, yeah. Tilda Swinton, by the way. Yeah. She's doing work. Get her those set of teeth for yeah. every movie. And she's doing that English accent. Yeah. The, yeah. Wilfred knows that kind of northern accent and everything. Um, there, No one is doing... There is no character as memorable or as fun as any of the characters in uh, the movie. The closest I found is Strong Boy. I quite like Strong Boy. I like the idea of him, but then... Three episodes in, he's not even in it. Yeah, I know, because they all get put on free. All the interesting characters who were part of the rebellion. Uh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. They're not they're we, put we on. We kind of get to see a, a, a light rebellion yeah. in the first episode. Rebellion light. And then, yeah. naturally, the coolest guy in the world comes in and convinces everyone to listen hey, to yo, him. Hey, yo, bro. Yeah. Listen up. Here's a story. You swear he's going <laughs> to pop into a rap song yeah. or some pop song. He's just... Uh, he, yeah, he's way too cool for school. He, he's like, just effortlessly... What's happening here? He's effortlessly and, for some reason, in charge of everything. Yeah. Like, for some reason, everyone is listening to him now. And I, 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 I know, yeah, because he's so goddamn... He's like 15 steps ahead of everyone, yeah. no matter what. And I like the idea of him being a detective, but yet he's... He's in the tail end. No, yeah. I just like the idea of him having this really respectable, respectable job. Oh, you know, wait, and he's... just to show that, like, hey, these people who are now the poor people. Yeah, you know, th- these are the the bottom class. Mm-hmm. You know, they're the barnacles. Yeah. of the of the train in a way. You know, they're actually just real people. Yeah. like there could be a lawyer back there as well. He's a detective. Like, I mean, they're not just like, they're not just the people that uh, were criminals. They're not all criminals. That's I what I'm trying to say. They're real I, people with I, real jobs. And some of them have really good jobs. I guarantee, by the way, at some stage in the show to try and be like, this is going to be one of those, oh, class moments is one of the people at the front of the train is going to be like, I didn't make all that money on Wall Street just to be treated like shit on this top of this train. And David Diggs' character goes like, well... I'm a detective, so you have to listen to me now. Just not, yeah. you know. It's one of that. That'll be the show way of being groundbreaking. When it's just, oh, I know. it's so paint by numbers. Jennifer Connelly is 
good. She's all right. She, she's always pretty damn good in everything she's in. I really like her. But there's not much to work with. No. I should actually talk about the turbulent development of this show. Yeah, please. Because... Maybe that'll explain why I don't like it that much. Well, there was a pilot that existed beforehand. Really? And there was a lot of effort put into it, and it was directed by Scott Derrickson. No. Who directed Doctor Strange. Yeah. And this was his... For, I think this was the first work he did after Doctor Strange. So... This was a huge get for TNT, which is the network that made the show. Mm-hmm. So they HBO got, should get this show, by the way. They would do it such justice. Three letters would make this so much better. They'd be like, hey, you want some money? Yeah, HBO. Let's, let's develop the shit out of this. Let's make it good. Hey, hey, hey. We'll put it on HBO Max. Oh, yeah. With the Snyder Cut. With and the, the Snyder air cut. cut. Hell yeah, baby. Yeah, the air cut. Fucking hell. And Ghostbusters. Uh, Whatever. Answer the call. Cut. <laughs> Whatever the fuck the it is. Cut. The Paul Feig The Feig cut. Oh, my God. Yeah. The fuck Def- you in the eyes cut. Yeah, the defeating the purpose of having a new movie <laughs> cut. Oh, my God. Dropping bombs. Bam, baby. I Clip. Could, I could right be David Diggs and Snowpiercer. Damn. Yeah, I'm so cool. Anyway, sorry, I interrupted you. The turbulent Scott Derrickson pilot... So he made it, uh, Scott Derrickson, the guy who made Doctor Strange. Yeah. Like, just Doctor Strange was a huge hit, by the way. It made yeah. over 600 million. Mm-hmm. And then he's making a pilot. You're like, whoa, this is pretty big for that for the network. Yeah. He comes in and he shoots what he called a feature length pilot. So mm-hmm. I don't know if it was like an hour and a half, an hour 20 TV standards. Maybe that's an hour and 20. And well, he said it was like the best work he's ever done, right? So he made that. And then the showrunner who also wrote that episode left the project, or I think TNT was like, off you go. Did creative differences. Creative differences, to use a Disney term. Yeah. Love you, Disney. Um, Sponsor us, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta get those Disney dollars. Hell yeah, baby. They sure have enough to make they it do. rain on I this want podcast. Tri- I want a trip to Star Wars land, baby. Oh, yeah. Send me there. Yeah. I want to be there with Dave Filoni. Yeah. Me and Dave. Oh. <laughs> Me and Dave. Me and Dave. Sounds like a sitcom right there. Me and, Me Dave. and Dave. Meet Dave. That was a movie. Remember oh, that? That was the, the, a movie. With, the, with Eddie, the Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy. Is yeah. Ed Helms in that? Oh, maybe. Is he one of the worker bees or whatever? Yeah, he's piloted by a smaller Eddie Murphy, right? That's the whole problem. Yeah, of that I movie. think so. Anyway. Scott Derrickson. Scott Derrickson. <laughs> he directed this, uh, this pilot. Yeah. Then TNT fired the showrunner yeah. because of creative differences. And they... Got a new showrunner in who did massive rewrites, just completely overhaul, like a page one rewrite. And he wanted to get Scott Derrickson to come back in to do reshoots. Mm-hmm. Now, they wanted him to reshoot the entire episode. I don't even know why they called it reshoots. And Scott Derrickson actually put out like an official comment or statement saying, I'm, I refuse to come back to do extreme reshoots. And that the script that he read was one of the finest scripts he's ever read. And the work that he'd done on the show could be his best work to date. So there's no way he's coming back to just taint that product, you know? Yeah. So they and redid the whole thing. So they got someone else to come in and redo the whole thing. So it could have been a great episode. Just the way he made that comment or made that statement, I'm like, how good was this? Like, why would he not come back? And he was a horror movie director as well. So if yeah. you want someone to capture the Snowpiercer vibe like a horror movie director would be he would more be in line yeah so that makes me super intrigued to mm. know release the Scott Derrickson cut hell yeah baby release the Scott Derrickson release cut release the Derrickson cut baby it was said that I think 90% of what they used was not his and the main stuff they used was just the digital effect shots because of course TNT was like well we spent we're money on we're not doing them again baby 
those exterior CGI need- shots of the train, so yeah. we're not going to make them again. Oh, man. And uh, the TV series is just shit. I might even watch hate watch the next two episodes just to really piss myself I off. I don't. I see. I think you're being really harsh because I'm like. By the way, I'm not like. St- I'm not going. You should watch this. Yeah. I'm just saying, it's it's got this handicap and it's called the movie. You know, the yeah. Snowpiercer movie. It's so good that it just it it makes this show. It, there's too much pressure on the show already, mm-hmm. and then it's just not that good. It's. I think it's adequate. Like I think it's okay watching. I don't think it's a shit show compared to. Say like Space Force that just has nothing going for it and it's completely original concept. Garbage. But at the same time, you're like, come on, this this movie gave you so much to work from. Like it gave you such a great uh, version of it. Yeah. And like now go to work. So I really want to see what Scott Derrickson did. Well, the fact that the TV show that it has to tease the cool bits of Snowpiercer to you, like in the end of the first episode, slight spoilers for the show, they're like, we're gonna free someone's arm. In the next episode, that happens. Yeah. In like, the, yeah, it's like, oh man, we're gonna see that thing we already saw in the movie, but different in the next episode. And it's like, why? Why do I get excited about that? Yeah. If I want to see that, I'll just watch the movie. And, and the only it. reason you would be excited is because you knew it was great in the movie. Yeah, you knew it was cool in the movie, so <laughs> yeah. you're like, I want to see it again. Anyway, so, I I don't think for me, I don't think it's awful television if the film didn't exist. But sadly, the filming. Well, sadly, the not filming. Sadly, like yeah. it's great that the film exists. Unfortunately, sadly, the TV series yeah. exists. Unfortunately, this amazing movie by this great director exists, which yeah. was much better than the TV series. Um, yeah, maybe I'll watch the other two. Maybe I'll change my opinion on it, or maybe I'm just gonna stay bitter. You're gonna remain cold. Remain cold. Yes, like the like the train. Like the tra- like, like the earth. Right. Moving on to Tenet. Moving on to Tenet. Let's restart that timer and let's get going. Um, so this is the savior of cinema and coming by none other than Christopher Nolan. Savior of cinema? Yeah. We mm-hmm. don't know. It's set for a July 17th release date. Which is close. Yes. And Christopher Nolan ain't budging. And there's this little thing called the Budweiser virus mm-hmm. that has put the whole cinema... Fucking universe on hold. On yeah. hold. So we don't know what's going to happen here. And Christopher Nolan is a badass motherfucker who's like, no, it's been released. You're on putting July out 17. my movie when I say you're putting out my movie. He's got that director big dick energy like Tarantino. Yeah. It's like, I'm not going to re-edit Once Upon a Time in Hollywood for China. Yeah. Bruce Lee is a dick in my movie. Yeah. And that's the end of it. And that's the end of it. Yeah. You're going to lose money. You're going to lose money. Whatever. I don't care. But I'm Tarantino. And yeah. Christopher Nolan is the exact same. Yeah. I'm Christopher Nolan, right? This is how much big dick director energy I think he has. Mm-hmm. Surely he is involved in the making of the trailer. For sure. You know the way we know that other directors don't have a say in that? They send it out to different studios and studios direct it. You yeah, know, Universal's do it like, yeah, we handle the marketing. Yeah. Quiet down there, bitch. No. Not Christopher Nolan. No, he's like, you're not giving away shit in my trailer. I just imagine him looming over the editor. He's like, okay, Christopher. Cut that. Cut Mr. that. I mean, Mr. F- Mr. Nolan. You, no, they say, what they do is they send parts of the movie to them to be cut down into a trailer, and he just sends them a trailer. He's yeah. like, here's, yeah, this, here's, this, here's the trailer. It's done, okay? Yeah, don't, I made it. Don't edit this in any way, <laughs> shape, or form. Um, because yeah. we know that like Ryan Johnson mm-hmm. is a great uh, example where um, Knives Out, his last movie, which is a great movie, by the way, he said to his fans or just to people in general, general like cinema goers, don't watch the second trailer. Gives away too much. Yeah, it gives away way too much. It's a whole murder mystery. Yeah. So don't watch the second just like trailer. Slow yeah, just like Snowpiercer. Yeah, just like And just as good. 
just as good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so if, if uh, Ryan Johnson did the Snowpiercer uh, TV show, it turns out it wouldn't have been on a train. Train would have been moving. Wouldn't oh, not have been moving the oh whole time. Oh my god, it would be so much misdirection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's actually too hot outside. They're they're on they're on the volume sand stage and that's what they've been going by this whole time. Oh, it's been a mind fuck. Yeah. They're in the Matrix. Yeah, they're in the Matrix. Oh my baby. god, it's the machines. Man, wouldn't that have made a good show? <laughs> Uh, but so yeah, Tenant. Tenant, yeah, and I mean Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan is a cinema like fan. He shot in seventy millimeter on IMAX. He wants people to see it in the cinema. That's costs ha- more. Costs more, but he does it that way because he likes it and yeah. because his movies deserve it. Honestly, they do. This yeah. guy is so consistent. Yeah, he really I is. I think Interstellar is the only film that I it just didn't agree with me. Yeah, yeah. Just like Chinese food, it just didn't agree with me. Really. Yeah, you see, no, Chinese food yeah, is pretty yeah, good. I, just, like, I, I was just trying to think of something. Indian food, maybe? That's no, I love Indian yeah, food Yeah, me as well. too as well. It doesn't agree with my asshole, but I yeah, <laughs> do man. enjoy it. My asshole does not handle that well. Yeah. Uh, it depends on how spicy we go. Anyway, what were we talking about? Christopher <laughs> I Nolan? I think Christopher Nolan. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Tenant is his new movie. Uh, watch either the trailers. You won't understand what's happening. I tried. I tried. Yeah, I really tried. Every 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 time I think I get it, it shows another bit. And then yeah. I'm like... Here's another scene to debunk what you just talked. It's like, oh man, I'm so confused. All the premise of the movie is a secret agent <laughs> is tasked with preventing World War Three. doesn't even mention time. Yeah. Like, I thought it was a time heist. I, to- I thought that was the original yeah. premise of the movie. Like that little log line. But yeah. I could be wrong. <sighs> Either way, our new Batman... Robert Pattinson has came out and said, I thought, towards the end of the movie, I thought my character was doing this. Yeah. And then Chrissy Boy came in and said, no, 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 it's actually completely different. It's actually 180 degrees. Like, it's completely different. Exactly the opposite. He's one of the leads in this. I think he's like the second on the call sheet. I think so. Because John David Washington, is that his name? Yeah, John David Washington is the main lead. Uh, The Black Klansman lead. Yeah. I love him because of that movie. Yeah, he's awesome. He's so good. Denzel, son. Denzel Washington's son. Is it? Do you not know that? John David Washington is Denzel's son. What big shoes to fill. I know. Oh, my God. And he fills them well. So far. Yeah. So far, so good. Yeah, I know. Wow. I did not know that. I can't believe you didn't know that. Oh, you'd be such a proud dad. (laughs) Yeah, you would. Ha-ha. My boy. (laughs) Ha-ha. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, Robert Patterson didn't even know what was going on. He, He said it. He's like, I... He said that him and John David Washington would have conversations and they'd be wrong. Yeah. You know, they'd be like, right, so it, it's going this way, right? It's going, mm-hmm. it's going, it's going left here, right? And like, nah, nah. No, no, it's going it's right. It's actually baby. going right here. It's actually going up. Are you even paying attention? Yeah. Chris, you know what? When people came up to Christopher Nolan with questions, he was probably so understanding. He's like, no, look, it's fine. You're not going to understand yeah. this movie. And I'm not going to answer any I'm not questions gonna, anyway. I'll answer them, but if you don't understand my answer, tough titties. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He answers with, he answers with another question. That's why yeah. I think Nolan does it. Yeah, exactly. He just deflects. I, Christopher Nolan is so... What I love about him is he's so old school when it comes to mystery. Yeah. And J.J. Abrams does a similar thing except... The mystery box. The problem is with J.J. Abrams, he's been so deep in Disney mm. at the moment. Like, Star Wars, you kind of can't be mysterious. No. Disney is the, is the the company that goes, oh, no, we're marketing it this way. Yeah. And dance, monkey boy. Yeah. Dance. You You're going to make it how we want you to make it. Where, remember when he made Super 8? Yeah. And no one knew what was going on there. Oh, I love that. Me and I too. love that Christopher Nolan still respects the cinema goer yeah. to the point where for your own good I'm going to retract. Yeah. Or or what's what what's it and when 
redacted. Oh, redact, yeah. He redacts his trailers. Yeah. And I love that. I love yeah. that about him. And I know it's it's frustrating. Mm-hmm. And for I know you, you're a spoiler man. You're like, yeah. oh, there's a script leak. Yeah, let I me need read to read the entire it, thing and ruin the movie for hell me. Hell yeah, baby! You just can't help yourself. No, I just I'm just addicted to. Is that fanboy sickness? It isn't is. It? it is. It's a sickness. It I, is. I want it out of my body. <laughs> like I need to read it. Yeah, my friend is the same. Like mm. he read the whole movie of The Dark Knight before we went to see it. Like he read all about it online. And if I was I, like, why are you going to see it then? If I had known about that, I would have read it. <laughs> I know you would have. Yeah, but uh, thankfully I didn't. Know know about that so, at the time Christopher Nolan is doing you a favour he is he's, and I like that I, li- I like that he does that yeah and I like that I'm probably not going to understand this movie the first time I watch it and that's okay I get a little self conscious yeah when I go into a Christopher Nolan movie when I was going into Interstellar after going like all I've had is the trailers you to, sit there to work off you put your popcorn on your lap and you're like I'm in I'm but focused this is what I'm thinking right yeah. I'm too deep in my own head I'm going please God don't make me the guy who's walking out of the cinema scratching my head yeah. while everyone else is like, whoa! Yeah, yeah. It was so interesting and it was so obvious once it was explained yeah. and I'm like, uh, yeah. uh no, I, am I the only one who didn't get it? But as the film podcast person, like if I went to see it with anyone, someone's going to turn to me and be like, well, what, if they don't understand yeah. something, they're going to ask me so I oh. need to know what's happening. Yeah, I exactly. need to understand it. My ego will be destroyed yeah. if I can't explain something to them. I want to be the guy who's like, <laughs> yeah. you, you didn't get it? You didn't get it? Oh, well, oh. let me explain to you. <sighs> Listen up, buddy. Yeah. Sit, sit down sit there. Sit down. I'm going to explain Little it to buddy you. there. He's like way taller than me. I'm like, little, little buddy, little buddy, hey, listen, you sit what, down there. Whatever gives you the big dick energy, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Um, and then I have no idea because it's yeah, Tenant. Yeah, it's Tenant. Yeah, this may be, the, it's funny, you watch these trailers and you're like, this might be the movie that's too Nolan for everyone. And then you watch it and you're like, oh man, the film was amazing. I loved it. Interstellar was kind of that movie. Yeah. That it kind of broke me a bit. It's just towards the end, I was like, oh, I don't love this. Yeah. It's the only Christopher Nolan movie that I was like, I don't love that movie. Too Nolan for Nolan. It was too Nolan for Nolan. It was too Nolan for me. Because yeah. obviously, just lo- that's kind of, it's a diverse uh, reaction to that movie. Some people hate it and some people love it. Love it, yeah. I wanted to love it. And by the way, I was so biased going in there because it's Christopher Nolan. And I'm the same with Tenet. Even, yeah. even though I didn't love Interstellar, mm-hmm. I'm so like, I'm going to love this movie. I'm going to love this movie, baby. going to love it like... Gina Carano. <laughs> Gina Carano. I can't love anything like I love Gina Carano. No. But still. Um, yeah, we're both very excited for this movie. And uh, I I mean, Christopher Nolan is holding fast. He's not going to release that release date. So Yeah, he does. He, he is going ahead with July 17th. And it scares me. He, uh, there's he, rumors now that there's rumblings in Warner Brothers that they might have to have to uh, reschedule it and it's literally yeah. kind of think it's the right thing to do yeah. I want it like I totally want it yeah but I don't want a Christopher Nolan film to fail financially yeah you know especially if it's a critical masterpiece they're like oh my god he outdone himself I feel like there's a it's even more complicated <laughs> than Interstellar and we love it I feel like there's a button in his office and it's like push the release date and someone's gonna come in and they're gonna hold his head down and hold his, his arm like this you know and he's like no no, no, don't, don't, me, no, don't, don't do don't, it. Don't. And then they slam his hand on the button. <laughs> or they try to do it. Tarantino comes in. <clears throat> he's holding him like this. And he's like, Ugh. And look, Tarantino, there's some cocaine over there. And he's got, <laughs> he dives on us. <laughs> he yeah. runs over. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now, I think there's reasons why Warner Brothers really, well, they're obviously considering pushing it. I'm sure yeah. they want to push it, but they don't want to anger Christopher Nolan. Yeah. Because he's Christopher Nolan. Mm-hmm. 
They want to stay in the Christopher Nolan business. Yeah. But this movie cost $205 million to make. Holy shit. Now, this is the most expensive original movie Christopher Nolan has ever made. And to put that even into more digestible context, it's the most expensive non-Batman film Christopher right. Nolan has ever made. Okay. Which is very expensive. Considering what? he made a war film as well. Yeah. What original film gets a $205 million budget? Uh, Chris Nolan original film. Yeah. That's what. And none other. Like, yeah. there's no other movie that's getting a 205 million. I love that it's 205, by the way. Like, what was that extra five? That was like his coffee budget or something like that. It's so specific. Like <laughs> That was to keep the color palette all gray and blue and yeah. everything. The five million went to secrecy. Yeah. That's the secrecy budget. Oh, to, to imagine kill that's people. Yeah. There's the secrecy budget. Everyone, he's, there's no scripts left lying around like John Boyega. And <laughs> John Nolan Boyega for, would be shot in the head. Yeah. He yeah. actually would be shot in the head. Yeah. Because he, like, he's no, no one's leaving scripts anywhere. He's <laughs> he fucking. He's, he moved house, wasn't he? moved it? house and he left it <laughs> under, in the, his bed. In, under the bed in the apartment he was at previously. Oh my God. So Boyega, funny. I love it. Yeah. But uh, what was I going to say? Um, the secrecy. Oh, damn. 205 million though. Okay, 205 million, yeah. For an original movie. This is huge. And then I read estimates that The Observer was saying, the the magazine The Observer was saying that the film most likely has to make 450 to 500 million to break even. So it won't make that with the coronavirus going around. Well... Or sorry, the Budweiser virus. Bleep that out. Redact! Redact! Bleep that out. Bleep that out. You wouldn't bleep out Madonna's pussy, but you can bleep that out. (laughs) Um, Which gonna, one's more detrimental to your health? Madonna's, Madonna's bus. Easily, yeah. Oh, Sarah bus. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> it always reverts back to Madonna's bus. I'm going to keep bringing it up every episode now. We're not, we're not going to bleep it once. We're not going to bleep it anymore. Well past the sell-by date. Well past the not sell-by the date. Madonna's so, pussy. Funky cheese or... Oh, oh my oh, God. No. no, never mind. That blue waffle bus. Oh, uh, Madonna. I don't want to even say it. I don't want to even say it. Um, yeah, so her mud flaps and mud flaps, yeah, and skid marks—the two transformers from Fallen mud Order. Flaps and skid marks. Yeah. Oh my god, it sounds like the worst porno ever. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, let's do this. Let's do a fun thing anyway, because this movie's right around the corner, apparently. Right around the corner, and um, make some. Uh, will it come out? Make some plot predictions. Okay. Uh, well, first of all, I can see t- into the future, and I will not understand this the first time. And okay. Someone's going to educate me, and I'm going to have to watch a YouTube video. Yeah. On what this movie is really about. I agree. Um, I know. I I don't have any idea. Like, okay. It's almost like is it isolated time traveling? I think. So this is my prediction, right? The R- fact that you didn't say yes makes yeah. me worry. I I actually agree with you. No, I think it's a time loop basically and john david washington is killed because they say you've already proven you'd given your life for your country at some point so i think he's killed someone's been listening i think he's killed it so early on in the film and basically he thinks he's alive again but actually he's a part of a time loop and so to make sure that world war three doesn't happen he has to make sure that he dies himself you know what i mean i know what you mean and that sounds like that could definitely happen, but at the same time... It's almost too simple. There's more stuff in it. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's layers. There's always layers. There's this always is like layers. an onion. Yeah, totally. And it's going to make you cry. And I think Robert Pattinson may be... Batman. Villain. Yes, well, he is a yeah, Batman. Yeah, I got that. I got the yeah. villain energy off him too. Yeah. I did. Yeah. When, when he was like... Uh, or is he the villain up to the end and then we find out... <gasps> Or does he think he, he's doing something villain? Is he? Villainous? Does he think he's doing something villainous when actually he's doing something heroic? I don't know. I don't know. We need to get Christy Nolan in here. Yeah, we do. 
Yeah, peel back he, that onion. Do you think he'd come on in our episode? Oh, defo. He's not busy. No, he's not busy. he couldn't be busy. I mean, busy. what's he doing now other than, you know, <laughs> shooting? He's outside Warner Brothers yeah. right now intimidating him. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere, baby. I'm not going anywhere. He's just shooting people who've seen the movie. Just and they're make, like, wear a mask. I'm not wearing a mask. I'm not wearing a mask. I'm not going I don't need a, I don't need a mask. <laughs> I'm not wearing hockey pads. Um, I'm so afraid that this movie's not going to come out. And then there's a, a part of me that doesn't want it to come out and yeah. fail. Like, oh, I actually read that NATO, N-A-T-O, but it's yeah. not the NATO that you know. It's like the North American Theater, Theater Association. Okay. Um, they said that 90%... They estimate that the ninety percent of cinemas worldwide will be open by the time this movie comes out. Now, that is so so optimistic. Yeah, like that's ridiculously optimistic that I think that person's on heroin. Maybe I was kind of thinking a lot of cinemas would be closed permanently after this virus. Don't you think? That, that's what I was actually going to make this point. That yeah. is that ninety percent of the cinemas that survived survived this virus, the Budweiser virus. Uh, yeah, because there's no way that every cinema survived the Budweiser virus. Not by no a way. long shot. No, n- not by a long shot. I know some local cinemas near me that were struggling before, and there's yeah. no way they're still open after this. It's going to be like a fifth or less or something. Yeah, now. basically, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be the return of drive throughs Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just people with big projector screens. Then think of all the restrictions. Yeah. Like, you're going to have your capacity cut in half. Now, I did think further into this. I was getting way too deep into my own head, but I was going, all right, so cinema screens are going to be half in capacity, most likely. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd assume there's going to be at least one free seat between everybody at least one maybe yeah. more but let's just say it's just one so it's 50% of who'd usually be you know the capacity be cut in half yeah um, but there's no other movies out so the other screens could also screen it yeah so maybe it makes up the slack that way but, but what about the people who are too scared to come out anyway even if that 90% which is so untrue by the way mm-hmm. not 90% of cinemas that survived yeah. this financial crash as well as everything else like so if, let's when we say 75%, that still seems optimistic that seems to me. 60, 60%, I'd be surprised if... 60%, I think. Okay. Over 50%. Let's be, just say 60, right? Yeah, because people like money, number one, yeah. and not all of them will have survived. So 60%, I feel. 60% of the cinemas. Yeah. Okay. Reopen. Mm-hmm. And then you're telling me all the usual cinema goers are going to be okay with going, even with restrictions. Yeah. Like maybe, maybe face masks. Yeah. And I read that one of the big, I don't know, the, I think it's like Cinemark or something like that in yeah. America. One of the big cinema chains said they're not going to make it. Um, you don't have to wear a mask. It's optional. So not gonna, they're not going to force you to wear a mask, which I think for certain people, I know there's like real liberal people out there goes, yeah, too right. You do not tell me what to do. But then it's going to be the other people going, well, I'm not going to go there if, if people are going to be there without masks. Don't have to wear a mask. Yeah. So it has to make 400, 450 to 500 million to break even. And everything around it has been crippled, basically. In every shape or form. So... I think it'd be doing well to make 500 million. Yeah. That would be considered a box office victory in the biggest form. So... Put it this way. If it comes out and whatever amount of money it makes, you will see analytics later uh, comparing what it would make regularly. Yeah, regularly. And then they'll be like, well, actually, Tenet only made 350. But if you look at what the analytics would have been, that's tracking to be a billion dollars. So actually, it's Christopher Nolan's most successful film or something like that, you know? And then I wonder, could you just slightly push it? Yeah. Like, could you push it to August? Mm. 
Like, I know that. I know. You know Christopher Nolan just wants to be the savior of cinema. Yeah, he does. He's like, Christopher Nolan, savior of cinema. That sounds great. That sounds great. <laughs> that sounds great. And they're like, no, no, but look at the figures. Yeah. <laughs> no, I can already see it. Same. I can see the tabloids. Yeah. I can see the headlines. Salt and pepper right side of his head. <laughs> going, push it. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know. Man. I think it's too much of a financial risk and they'll pull it. But Who knows? Who knows? Rice. The characters in the film would know because... They've, they, seen, they've, the they've future seen the future or, or they got, They shoot a gun, but the bullet goes back in. It takes it out of the wall. Like, and then she goes, "You're catching the bullet. You're catching the bullet." And, I'm like, and you go, oh, "What? <laughs> I don't understand. I don't understand." And, Is this wanted? And then I was like, "You know, when you understand, you think, oh, they're just doing little time traveling things." And then that scene is there. You go, yeah. "No, it's not. Like, yeah. what's going on?" Does does the does it's, the object itself is that the only, is that the thing that's doing time travel? I don't understand. Are these people moving into the past? Are they pushed into the present and are slowly moving into the past, which is why the bullets are there and they're catching the bullets now? What is it? Do you think there's a tenet Bible? Yeah, that explains for sure. Everything for sure. It has to be. It's called Chris Nolan's head, baby. Yeah, exactly. It's Tenant Bible. There's no yeah. way he wrote that down completely. He did. There's no way there's a script lying around for Tenant anywhere. It's locked up in a safe. I don't. I think he could be the guy though that like writes down all his rules. Oh, I'm sure. He, That's what I mean by the Bible. Oh, I mean yeah. like, does he have the Tenant Bible where you're like, well, what works and what's the logic? Yeah. Of this movie and how does that work? What's the science behind it? The fictional science behind this and that. I don't know. I don't know. It's a Christopher Nolan movie. Yeah. So I'm not supposed to. Know. Either way, we're excited. Yeah. Now let's move on to Hunk and Skunk, and then we'll we wrap it up because this yeah, episode boy. we didn't start. We started the timer late, so this episode might be two hours long. <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's, it's around an hour twenty, an hour twenty. Hour twenty, thirty, forty, whatever. Ah, yeah, no. <laughs> um. So Hunk of Hunk of the Week, we've decided to give. To Gina Carano. The bicep girl herself. Yeah, Gina Carano, baby. Hell yes. Not because she's in anything recently, just because she's in The Mandalorian. And after a- watching it again, she's fucking great. And she's back in season two. And there's a delightful picture of her. Yeah. That she posted to yeah. her social media, one of whatever account. And truly delightful. Truly delightful indeed. And skunk, we're going to give to David Diggs on Snowpiercer. Because you are being too cool that you have become uncool. Yeah, you've you've done you've gone full circle. You've gone full circle. Like the train loops the world. You have become Andre Layton. That's his character's name. Yeah. Andre. Uh, what Andre. a cool name. Yeah. Actually the whole thing. Yeah, you're too cool and therefore not cool. And also the description on Wikipedia is a quiet tinker. He's not quiet he's in, at all. He isn't. He's involved in everything. Yeah. But he's the character who's like, I don't want to be involved. And then someone says something wrong. He's like, well, actually this. And then at the end of the scene, he's like, you're just being served, bitch. Yeah, basically. And he doesn't say that, but he does say he that. He does say that. He's serving everyone. Oh, my. So they give Jennifer Con- Read Jennifer Connelly's The Last Sentence. <laughs> For God's sake. Ah, you're about to For God's sake. Don't watch it then. No, yeah. Scroll watch the-, the movie. If you if you haven't yeah, seen the movie, the movie, just watch the movie. Watch the movie. It's so good. Yeah. Two hours long. Chris S- Evans. Could you scroll down? Uh, yeah, yeah. I just want to see all the other actors. What's his name? Stephen Ogg, right? Stephen Ogg is in this and he is a great actor. He is playing... Uh, he's he's the he's the cool like he's the bearded 
balding guy who's the like re- resistance leader. He's actually pretty good in the show, I think. He's Trevor in Grand Theft Auto Five. Oh, brilliant! That's the coolest. <laughs> that's the coolest thing I got out of that is that Trevor from Grand Theft Auto Five is in this. He's also a cool mercenary guy in Better Call Saul. I just like you're linking it to better things. Yeah, you know, that's exactly how I do. I link it to something I like. And um, David Diggs is great in Hamilton. He was one of the original cast members in Hamilton. No way. Yeah. So he's was ver- he not a, a cool ass motherfucker, Hamilton? No, I can't remember the character he played, but uh, he's very good in that. Do not you, very good in the show. Do you think as well? Have you noticed Jennifer Connelly is like the anchor actor? Yeah. All these because it's like the golden age of television. Or yeah. Whether we've moved past it or not, mm. uh, this is definitely not a part of it. No, definitely. But not. it seems like the, all these shows have the staple actor. Yeah. And Jennifer one. Connelly, you're like, whoa, Jennifer, Jennifer Connelly's in this. Who else is in it? Wow. Well, uh, David Diggs, he's the, kind of famous, you know. And then there's uh, other characters in it, you the, know. That person that you might have seen. Maybe? Yeah, you've seen him around the place. Oh and no, everything. they're not an extra in that. They're ca- that's a cameo actually. Yeah. Ugh. Oh, the old guy. From be- from uh, from Breaking Bad is in it. The uh, Don Hector, Don Hector. He's in the first he episode. Is. He is in yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And even bing, he, bing, bing, even bing. he can't stay in the show. He bing, hangs bing, bing, himself. Bing. First episode. Spoiler. Ah, oh, Jesus. Yeah. Well, even he can't stay in the show. Yeah. yeah. It's rough. It's a rough watch. Yeah, it is a rough watch. I love that we went to. There was something we liked at the beginning, which was <laughs> Mandalorian, Snowpiercer. Then we had something we really liked at the end, which is Tenant, and now we've gone back to something we yeah. hate. Because we always have to end on something we don't like. On a bad note. On a bad note. Vin Diesel's fat. Oh, there he is. There he is, Vinny. You keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, you do. You don't mind him. Don't be a bully. Yeah, sorry. I shouldn't bully you. Don't cyber bully him. As a fat man myself, I, you know, I, I have many pictures that are like that picture of you on the balcony. Don't even, don't even trip. Homie. Homie. <laughs> <laughs> You're as cool as that guy in the Hell train. Hell yeah, I am, baby. Don't even trip, bro. Andre Layton, bitch. Andre Anyway. That's Straight to Series, episode 45. Yeah, thank you for listening. Yeah. And we will catch you next week. We don't even know what we're going to do next week. Yeah. But there's a few movies coming out. Oh, there's that one. Scoob. No, that's oh. already out. Uh, King of Staten Island. Oh, cool. I'm going to watch that. That drops the 12th of June, which speaking is of, next Friday. Speaking of Billy Burr, he's yeah, in that. Yeah, he's in that. Yeah. So I wouldn't mind reviewing that. Yeah. The Five Bloods is coming out. Da Five Bloods, baby. Da Five Bloods. The new uh, uh, Spike Lee. Spike Lee, We're baby. getting the Spike Lee Netflix movie. Hell yeah. How sweet is that? That's so cool. I'm going to watch Do the Right Thing as well, because I see, I saw, is it on Netflix at the moment? Or is it on Amazon Prime? I don't know. Do the right thing is on some streaming service that's that like I his own. Big movie, isn't it? Yeah, that's his original one. So yeah. I'm gonna watch that. Not his original one, but like the one that made him a thing. It's like, like when people know, say Quentin Tarantino, you know, like Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction. People say Spike Lee, do the right thing. Do the and right then, thing. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, is it not old boy? <laughs> no, it's not old boy. That's <laughs> what we were talking about the other day. Yeah. Release the Spike Lee cut of old boy. Yeah. Actually, there's a cut I actually want to see. Air cut. Back of the line. Back of the line. Spike Lee cut, yes. Yes, totally. Oh, oh boy. And then it's just trash. And we're like, oh shit. Oh no. Well, there is <laughs> Someone a go- should put that Spike Lee joint out. Yeah. Listen, so bad. If you want to watch if you want to watch a good cut of old boy, watch the original. <laughs> hey, yeah. just like Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer. Oh, it all comes back together. You know what? Old boy would make a great TV series. Oh god. And we're going to make it about a love story. No, no murder mystery. No shit. It kind of already is a murder it already mystery. Is Either a way, let's get mystery. Joshy boy back, Mr. Yeah, Roland baby. himself. So he can have sex with Scarlet Witch again. Yeah, that's a good uh, scene. Hey, I'd subscribe to that. Yeah, hell, hell yeah. And on that note, goodbye.
Goodbye. Goodbye. In Jesus' Fahrt.